This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Welcome to Line Dance Podcast this evening or morning or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. For us, it's evening because Megan and I are on our way to Stoney's Rock and Rodeo on a Friday night. You really want to call 11 o'clock at night evening? It's... <laughs> It's evening till morning, I guess. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Oh, and since it's this exact time of the week, uh, and thus post-Thursday night's line dance competition at In Cahoots, I would like to give shout-outs to one of the winners, our friend Elliot Marr. Yay! And also uh, one of the judges, close friend of mine. I'm not sure if you met him. Kevin? Kevin? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you met him. Awesome. (laughs) So yeah, uh, good dude, and I'm sure he was um, a more than qualified judge for that competition. Agreed. So yeah, big night for both of them, Elliot and Kevin. Uh, oh, and that's, I don't know if I said his last name, Kevin Ockelman. Look him up on Facebook. He he dances. He does. Yeah. This is true. You can like see some of his stuff on there. All right. <clears throat> Tonight we are continuing our list of qualities that an ideal line dance bar should possess. Uh, the top of this page says, what I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar, and that part's in brackets. Uh, we left off at eight, so continuing on with number nine, what I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar is that they have free, convenient access to dance lessons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's huge, because I've always loved the idea that I have the option of going... And learning something that then will be played later on in the night and even to solidify. It is really important that if you want that lesson to mean something, that you also continue playing it throughout the rest of the time after you teach it. Yep. Um, As opposed to like, oh yeah, we're going to play it this one time and then never again. Mm. And I feel like, why did I bother learning it? It trains people to not go to your lessons if they know they're going to be useless. It especially trains them not to go if they had to pay for the lesson. Exactly. And they could have just, like, shown up at a different time and not had to. Or even, like, if the lesson's included in the cover charge, that too, you know. Like, I don't really look at myself as paying for the lesson if I'm paying a, a regular cover charge. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, paying addition for the lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would definitely be something. And with that said, too, like, you really need to have someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to teaching and can teach at a decent pace for everyone as well as make it fun and engaging and uh, it definitely helps I know I've been to several different lessons and workshops and just you know generally showing up to random venues and getting that lesson there too Um, it helps when they teach the dance appropriately and the way it's choreographed yeah and then also show like if there is a variation specific to maybe that venue be like okay this is how it's choreographed you will see some of us do it a little bit different if you're feeling a little bit adventurous instead of doing a walk walk you can do a turn here Mm. but this is where it's choreographed right yeah since this this list was drafted a year ago um about (coughs) about a year ago uh, one thing that I guess didn't make it into that sentence that uh, just kind of occurred to me now is like 
uh, free convenient access to like high quality or perhaps like peer reviewed even uh, lessons where it's not just like how you think you remember learning it so that's how you're going to teach it but like you have talked to a, uh, a fellow instructor maybe a more experienced instructor and you've given them like a demo this is how I'm planning to teach it then maybe they can say oh okay so that thing there I feel like that's gonna lose a lot of people um, if you try it like this then maybe right because some people like with with the lesson you teach that might be the last time they try to take a lesson so like no pressure but lots of pressure uh, you have to do I mean depending how, how you know seriously you take it you have to make sure that they have fun during the lesson like you have a, a charming personality or whatnot um, and you're teaching them the right things so that they won't hurt themselves right. and they if if necessary like um, like they could be going out and teaching their friends whatever you taught them so you have exactly. to be careful like what you tell them is okay to do and, and not okay to do because it'll all eventually you know trace back to you right well I know when I had um, done that one lesson where I covered you I prepped for almost like the whole day with um, my friend Celine Lawrence going okay well what if I worded it like this this is the movement and I showed her the movement and then like we brainstormed together four different ways in which I could describe how to transition this one move and then like we we tested it and tested it and like I would like as I'm just making you know, like actually dancing it figuring out how it like while I'm calling it out how it hits and if it hits appropriately for like the weight distribution and how you're moving or if it's too wordy or not wordy enough or anything like that and then we tried a couple times and we finally were like okay yeah that sounds good and I was like hey mom come here yeah. <laughs> since my mom's not really a line dancer I'm like okay I'm gonna just I'm gonna pretend to teach this to you you tell me what to think and then like when she would get it first try I'm like okay I'm keeping how I describe that because yes. she doesn't line dance she doesn't know anything about it and she nailed it first try mm -hmm. so I'm like okay that works versus like one of the other times or whatever where she was like okay I'm doing what exactly so then I was like okay obviously I need to figure out a better way to describe this so I mean that's definitely something we can get into further on a different time is yeah, the actual just... lessons themselves mm -hmm. but it definitely sets a tone for your particular venue mm -hmm. as to how engaged the instructor is with the particular audience or students at the time and how knowledgeable they come across mm -hmm. definitely was that the lesson that you also consulted with the choreographer herself? I did. Yeah. What was that lesson? What was the name of that dance? Who was the choreographer on that? <laughs> it was Miss Camille Sheardown. For, uh, whoa, okay, I'm calling dibs. Oh, it looks like this police officer ahead of us is calling dibs on the, uh, the person he's pursuing. Yeah. What an exciting drive this is to Stoney's. Right? So free, convenient access to lessons. <laughs> uh, I... I, I would, I mean, I think you might have mentioned something about the, the payment aspect of it as well. Uh, I would also, I think I would be okay with like including it in cover or, you know, even you know, compensating the, the instructor however, um, however they work that out with the venue manager because it should show that like the lesson is worth something. Exactly. Um, the, the part where free comes in nicely is that you get that whole 
I mean, because this is such an addictive activity, okay. you, you get the sense of like first taste is free for people who they just need as much as encouragement as they possibly can to try it. And then once they've tried it for free, then they might be like, oh, wow, that was a lot of fun. I, I would definitely come back for like a $5 lesson. Right. So maybe if there is a way that it could be free for first timers and everyone else, you yeah. know. Well, and I do know that's um, one thing that I, that Brenda was speaking about with the uh, Wine Country Line Dance socials is that the lessons, you know, right before she's still offering the free lessons. It's just if you want to stay for the social dancing afterwards is where there's some type of fee. Right. Um, which I think is brilliant because mm. she's still offering that. And then at that point, you know, you're kind of hooked. Mm. So if you want to stay, here's where there's a, the cover charge or whatnot. Mm. But for instance, like with Stoney's, if I showed up early enough, you know, for the lessons, we you know, because schedule permitted such, mm -hmm. it's included in the cover charge. So right. I'm paying this cover charge whether I show up at 7.30 or if I show up at midnight, mm -hmm. you know. So if it's included in that, that's something where I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, and with the convenient tag that's in this sentence also, uh, one thing I, I like that the ranch does is... They, they have their first lesson and then they do some dances and then they do another lesson later. Yeah. And for people who are just getting off work or maybe they work you know, slightly later so that they can't hit a lesson that's like 8 o'clock or whatever, they might only be able to come to a lesson that is woven into the rest of the night when they would normally be there for open dance. That's really true. Yeah. Also, it gives people an out if they think like, they, if they need to be all tough or something and be like, I don't need lessons. I just... I learn stuff on the fly all the time, so like, you know, they, they don't want to be seen taking a lesson. Um, if they're already there because they showed up for the beginning of open dance, and then a lesson happens to be going on, they'll be, well, I mean, it's not like I'm just going to go outside and ignore it for half an hour. I, I'll stick around, but yeah. like, they don't have to tell anybody they were there to secretly learn a dance that they really wanted to learn. There's definitely that, but with that said too, is you have to make that time management which is where having a experienced or thorough or um, just basically an instructor who knows what they're doing and they're mm. not teaching some, you know, 144 count dance in right. three hours or something like mm -hmm. that, um, where they make that time that they're essentially using for that second lesson, you know, valuable to even those who maybe already know the lesson right. and just came to dance or even, you know, like you don't want to take up 45 minutes for a lesson in the middle of your dancing. Right. Yeah, it's like Elliot was saying about how Anne-Marie is able to do maybe three three different lessons in 20 minutes. Right. Because of the way that she's got it down now. Like she knows what works, she knows what to cut, she knows what she needs to explain and what she doesn't. And because of that, she can just kind of machine her way through it. Yeah. And also, like you were saying about uh, have it be worthwhile for everybody, even people who know the dance. It's sort of like what Joe was doing with uh, Joe Thompson at um, Vegas when she did her uh, like technique workshop, saying like these are things that you can do if you're just learning the steps. But if you want to go a little bit beyond that, here's something you can focus on right. while you, while everyone else is doing steps. You, know, you can think about oh, I already know the steps, but here's a thing I can add 
from my midsection or no I'm already good with like my midsection and my legs here's something right arms energy the space around me there's always another place that you can go while everybody else is just learning the absolute basics so people won't feel like their time is being wasted because they quote already know the dance Mm -hmm. they can explore a new side of it that they hadn't thought about exactly alright number 10 dance spell what I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar. Number 10, dance space is publicly esteemed and respected. So parentheses I have around this are elevated floor, colored lights, no drinks are allowed, and not listed also was uh, guardrails sometimes are helpful. Yes. Uh, So just giving people the sense with this number 10 item here, giving people the sense that you respect your dance floor at your venue so everyone else should too. Exactly. I know know, like (coughs) one of the big things for me is for sure no drinks on the floor. Oh yeah. Like that's that's huge. It's one of those things where when I first started out it didn't make any sense to me because I was just going to my local bar or whatever. And I'm like, whatever, it's a bar. But now that I'm like a more involved dancer, that is so dangerous to have drinks on the floor for it to spill and then you can have someone slip or it gets sticky and it's just it makes it so much less desirable to be out there dancing when there's all this other gook. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the guardrails, I know we had spoken before, and I love having that guardrail that separates me from the onlookers because of that fact that I like having it where it's like, this is clearly where I am dancing. Yes. Um, I know there's been, and I'll admit to the shallowness of it, there's been several times in my past where I would be doing um, swing dancing at my local venue and people would just kind of like stand in the middle of the floor and I would be like you know it's called a dance floor for a reason you know and it's like if you're not going to dance on it please just you know go occupy towards the sides Mm -hmm. like I don't care if you're on the dance floor talking but just don't be in everybody's way Mm -hmm. which kind of comes to that like having that railing is very clear having that elevated floor it's very clear this is where you are going to dance Mm -hmm. yeah people don't wander on like it you know some venues we've been to where there is no distinction whatsoever between what's loosely considered the dance floor and what is the bar and if people, you know, if, if they're if they feel a little crowded by sitting at the bar and they just sit back further, and well, now you just lost a little bit of dance floor. Yeah. And some places just having a, a few inches elevation lets people know, like, if you don't know the dance and you want to pick it up, that's fine. But like, here's all this space that isn't on the dance floor, yes. so you won't look like you're just standing around puttering around. You know, there there is space made available to you, but please not right here because people are going to bump into you. That's one of the few things that I really love about the grad is mm-hmm. they generally have that little extra fenced area that they use their tables to kind of fence it in so that it's still protected the way the dance floor is, mm-hmm. but it is off to the side so you can attempt to learn it mm-hmm. and then when you feel comfortable enough, go onto the floor. Um, it's still kind of this like little side special spot where it's not the regular floor, it's not the bar, it's not like, you know, just in the way of everybody. Mm-hmm. But it is treated like its own dance floor, just not the actual floor itself. Right. Whereas Stoney's has the guardrails as opposed to the elevated floor, but they don't have the side puttering around area. So sometimes you do get, you know, on occasion on the back rail, you'll have some people trying to, you know, stand around and figure it out. Yes. Then then you lose a little floor. 
Oh, and also this, I mean, I don't know how many different places this applies to, but um, treating your floor like it's meant to be just a dance floor, like it's not used for other purposes, like putting tables up on it. Yeah. And so that's, that's the kind of thing where, you know, you're leading by example there. And if you show other people that dancing is not a priority for you and you're just kind of doing things efficiently um, for practicality, but like you don't need to keep that safe sacred, that space sacred, then they might not either. Other people will think that it's just a, sort of a secondary thing and whatever you feel like doing as drunken guy number three or something, you know, that that's the important thing. And then the people that are dancing, that's the secondary thing. Yeah, there's that. Well, also along the lines to be said of like how I was saying, like food and, or drinks or whatever, if it's at like a restaurant kind of thing, like where we had had that one time where we had to move the tables, mm -hmm. I would then after us moving the tables, I was like, do we have a broom? Because it's like, you still don't want all that stuff where you're dancing. Right. Because it is a safety hazard. Yep. So having that also like this is just your dance floor mm -hmm. oh and also since it was in there I figure I'll call attention to it as well uh, the colored lights it gives the sense that this space is special yes and the place that you mentioned um, where we were moving tables out of the way did not have any kind of visual distinction between like the booths around the sides and the space that was in the middle because it was all under the same lighting exactly and I, I like the idea of you know a couple spotlights, just something, something to give the middle part a not reality feeling. Mm -hmm. That way, people feel like what they do there is like special and different. It's not just them in their street clothes. It's kind of like um, when you dress for PE in PE clothes versus you know in elementary school when you just have your street clothes on. Um, as you get older, you think like, wow, that's so weird. Like, why would I? dance and sweat and do like all these different things during PE in the same clothes I go to math in. Right. But like when we go to these clubs, we wear the street clothes that we had walking in and the only thing that separates the feeling of them from normal reality is how they look when they're on the dance floor. That was my completely perfect seamless transition from before the memory card filled up and after. And now that we've cleared some space on the memory card, we can continue from there. Seamless! Perfect! Yes. So that was, re that was uh, discussing the question or the uh, feature of um, dance space is publicly esteemed and respected with elevated floor, colored lights, no drinks, etc. And that was wrapping up the thought of how colored lights give you a sense that what happens on the floor is different from normal life. Yes. Number... Next. What is number, number next? next? Number next is number 11. Aesthetically pleasing merchandise is available for patrons to promote venue slash brand. We were pretty well into this one uh, when we found out that the memory card was full. Some highlights. Okay. Cowboy Country and Saddle Rack do a great job. They, wear, <laughs> they, they have lots of cute merchandise. You should totally buy some from them. And when you feel proud of what you're wearing and proud of the logo that's on your chest, other people find out about what your venue is and they want to go too and then maybe they want to buy some cool stuff from there as well. I guess that's a really quick way to uh, recap that. Yeah. Even though they were privy to the conversation. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned that I love buying merchandise and one of my favorite places to buy merchandise from is in fact actually Hooters. Yes. 
because uh, they have a ton of different type of ways to promote their particular establishment and you feel kind of a part of it and there's fun like different shirts tank tops pajamas I mean there's all kinds of different things that you can buy that has their logo on it that I know I had mentioned um, to you had Mavericks had anything I totally would have bought something same I was so proud of that particular establishment to be like a part of it that I would have worn that tank top or that shirt or that jacket or whatever just about anywhere and it can be super simple stuff too like a piece of paper that has the logo on it and the logo looks really nice yeah that can go into the front sleeve of your binder if you're a student like it does not have to be $25 t-shirts if you don't have it in your budget like you can you can print out labels keychain yeah and then like put them on a pen yeah Anything at all starts the conversation once yeah. you go out into the real world and people ask, what's that logo for? What is that? Exactly. What does that mean? Is that a place you go? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I had a, I kind of briefly touched on it earlier was um, that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be everything like you can buy right there at that establishment. You can also potentially have like a store online yes. in which they could go and shop as well if they you know need different sizing or different colors even if you want to like have that able to be open and available to them or even I mean online is huge nowadays I mean it's so easy just to go on and click a button and send it somewhere you know so like if you want to do gifts or if you wanted it as a gift you could post it in a link on whatever social media you use and be like if anybody wants to get this for me you know, kind of thing, as well as, I mean, I love giving that kind of stuff out to people as well, because then it's like, this is where I'm proud of, you should have this too. Yes. It reinforces something that doesn't really exist in the line dance community very strongly, or uh, as strongly as in other areas, but the idea of a fandom around line dance, uh, like you look at Doctor Who, or really anything you can find at Hot Topic uh, or, or Spencer's, they don't necessarily all just say name of show, logo. Sometimes it's like something that you see in the show or in the movie or it's a prop that the main character uses. Like with line dance, you can get real creative and you can like have like some modern art photo or painting of your dance floor. Or if you're at the ranch, there's that disco ball, saddle, guitar, whatever thing that is in the middle. I think it's guitars. Um, And that can be something that people recognize when they actually go there. So it's like rewarding them for being so invested in this particular fandom. And then other people see that and they think, how cool is that? I don't even know what this thing is, but... I have a perfect example. Yeah. Well, it it, it makes other people want to get in on the, the cool and the hype. Do something crazy towel. Yep. I bought two. Yep. I bought two because I was like, no, no, I want two. So here, here's my money. Take my money. I'm going to take two. Yep. You know, and that's something that, like, when I saw yours from Chicago, I was like, oh, I really hope they have those in Vegas because I want one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's a towel. It's just a towel, but yep. because it's got their silhouettes and it says do something crazy with their names on it. It was like, I want one, because that's something I got from there, and, you know, that's something that I'm always going to remember where I got that towel from. 
Yep. And I even asked Guyton. Okay, so to give people context, uh, the line dance Do Something Crazy involves the use of a towel in part B. Uh, this was choreographed by Guyton Mundy and Shane McKeever. And there, I mean, if you wanted to bring like a dish towel from home, you could use that. You could use a bandana, you could use a bra, tights, whatever you happen to have. But uh, they offered specific specially printed towels for use in this dance uh, I asked Guyton if he had any more of the black ones with the white printing right. and he said that they were event specific that's the kind of thing like when it's that special like you it makes you want to buy like five because uh-huh. it's that sense of like this is a it's, it's functional and it's special for me but hey it's also a collector's item exactly yeah and I know I'm never going to part with mine just because right? that's how I feel about it but... again I bought two yeah <laughs> yeah I have one that I'm just going to keep to look at, nice and pristine, mint condition. Uh-huh. And then the other one I'm going to wear out until I can't see the silhouettes anymore. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, merchandise. Make it available. Uh, build the fandoms. Oh, yeah. And another example of how it can be sort of thematically related but doesn't have to beat you over the head with what the place is called is, like, Starbucks and the holidays. When they release all those holiday cups that have the dot in the middle of the... Or the side of the cup Like you know it's a Starbucks cup Because it has that distinctive dot Yeah But what they do with it For each cup is very different Mm -hmm. And that can be the cool thing That you do with your merchandise For your line dance bar Is say like Yeah okay So we have a really weird shaped dance floor It looks like a a kidney Or or a, a bean But what if we made that a strength You know What if we leaned in To the weirdness of it And you know and we showcase it and, and say this isn't something to be ashamed of this is something that only we have this is our unique floor Cowboy Country if they wanted to could do the same thing because theirs is also shaped a little bit differently uh, as I think Elliot and I discuss in, in my podcast episode with him uh, and that's another one of those things you can just kind of embrace it yeah well and to kind of go off that merchandise too I don't know why it took me so long to figure out those little teeny tiny hand fans that you you know you unfold themselves and you fold them back up or whatever. Like the ones you get at Chinatown. Yeah. Brilliant to sell for like five bucks a pop. I bought two when it was, I was at um, the, what, two Wine Country Line Dance Socials ago and I use them everywhere. Yep. And if you're, I mean, if you're able to customize those, even oh, yeah. better. But even just having those available, I can't tell you how much it's like, then I don't have to fight for where whatever fan is available or anything like that at the venue as well. Obviously still making those important, but like having that personal fan too has been a lifesaver. Yes. So having that available would definitely be something that any particular venue owner could consider or even, you know, since this is our ideal line dance venue, something to dream about. Oh yeah. And I have a list because I have lists of everything when it comes to line dance. I have just extensive lists and documents. Because. Um, I yeah, I, I would love to do an episode of just talking about all the different ways you can merchandise relevantly to specifically line dancers. Because I've got lists. Go ahead and pencil me into that one. Awesome. I will. I will <laughs> do that. Number 12. What I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar. Suggestions are welcomed and c- concerns are addressed promptly. Especially regarding quality control, and user experience. Something as simple as a suggestion box, an anonymous suggestion box, shows that they're listening, and they care, and they might actually implement something that 
affects your enjoyment of the place. Yeah. I, I don't know why more places don't do it. And there are definitely places where I wish they had because things went unaddressed for a very long time and they significantly affected my experience even when I would maybe try to say something. When you have it on paper and there's like a date to it, then you can actually see, wow, somebody complained about this three months ago. Somebody else complained about it tonight. We should really get on this. Instead yes. of just this vague, like, oh, I don't know. I think a couple people said something about it, but who knows when that happened. It's probably not a big deal. That's definitely something to add the fact of, like, me being here mm-hmm. makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have a voice. I have a voice. I have value. I'm treated well here because they care about what makes a good establishment for me as well. Yes. Now, obviously, people are going to complain about everything under the sun, but if it's something that you never even, like, thought of, maybe it's, like, the lighting in one corner. Yeah. Or, like, a draft because one one air vent is blowing into your... You know. Shoulders. Yeah. Or not enough air in this area or you like you never thought about using this particular space for whatever before and someone suggests something you know it's definitely something that you could look into and possibly bring in or I know when uh, David and Circle purchased Dance Central they had a whole like Involvement of everybody that was going for like a month of suggesting ideas on what to call the new establishment. Mm-hmm. And then when they got down to like the last like four that they liked, they had a vote. Mm-hmm. And so like they had a vote for everybody. And everybody who was there, they even announced it ahead of time that they were going to have a special vote for on this next Friday coming up as to what to name this establishment now. Mm-hmm. Please show up. We'd love your input. That made everybody want to come the next Friday just so that they got a say in where their place was going to be called. Now, obviously, that's a very big and very specific event, but people felt involved. Yep. And then they got to be like, yeah, I helped name this place, Mm -hmm. you know. Two things that come to mind, maybe specifically because it's a country bar crowd, like one of them... There's a lot of overlap between folks who, I mean, in my experience, there's a lot of overlap between people who go to specifically country line dance bars and the idea of the, the general philosophy of love it or leave it. And if you are a venue owner with the attitude, love it or leave it, like just take us how we are, we're gritty, we're whatever, our dance floor doesn't really feel good in all the parts of it but you know we don't really want to sand it down or gloss it over or do anything to it love it or leave it go to another place well then you're going to go out of business like people will decide if there are options they're going to go someplace else and then there goes your money and also if you have the attitude as a business owner that you by putting out a suggestion box are giving some crumbs to the peasants and you know maybe you'll consider entertaining their their silly pedestrian notions of what makes a good place. Look at it the other way because the people who are going are giving you one last chance to make good on whatever you promised them in your flyers and your radio ads. 
and if they if they think you're doing a bad job, they're going to fire you as the venue they go to that night, and they're going to put their money someplace else. So it's not you giving them, you know, this thing, this minor thing, because you have it as a luxury in your life. Like you need them, and you need them to tell you what works and what doesn't because your entire business literally depends on them spending money on you and if they can't if, i mean if they if they can't vote with their ballots if they can't vote with their suggestion cards they're going to vote with their money and they're going to vote against you and they're going to vote for the guy down the street perfect example friday night we're driving an hour and 45 minutes out of the way to go to where we feel the most at home yep instead of the place that's like three minutes from my house exactly yep because we feel more attached to this place more involved with this particular place and it fits more of what we have always wanted when we look at a venue that we were willing to drive the time to be there even if it's going to be you know 12 30 by the time we get there and all we have is an hour yeah, we, so. we have that relationship formed, that two-way relationship of, like, when we have suggestions or concerns, we're able to say them to somebody who will actually listen. Exactly. And then not only will they listen, they, they will actually do something about it. Like, we've seen changes in the past few months that, I mean, there are some things I wouldn't even have thought of, but that just look like, wow, they were really thinking when they did this. This is going to make somebody's night better seeing this nice, like, sheet metal on the wall in the bathroom instead of somebody's hole that they punched through the drywall, which was there before. Like, this looks like they actually care about their place and they want people to come back. It's such a, like, basic thing. You have to act like you want people to come back. Right. Yeah. I agree. And that is what that that list item is all about. Ah. What I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar number 13. Lighting is... Oh, this one's... Maybe a little pipe dream, I don't know. Lighting is choreographed in sync with regularly played dances. It's it's done, I know, at the grad and at Stoney's, and in a smaller way than I would eventually like to see that I could definitely go more into detail about that we kind of already did when I was hoping somebody out there is a lighting designer and wants to do something with the line dances that yes. we, we do all the time. Um, but even just things like for Copperhead Road, when they flash the strobes at the grad for ba da 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 but like the whole breakdown part or when they do larger than life and they dim the lights and it gets all spooky and it's the it's the it's the tag so we're doing our arms overhead like that adds so much to the environment yeah it's a it's definitely an experience like i was saying about the colored lights um creating a special space synchronizing the colored lights makes you feel like you're part of the music so you you're moving with more parts of the universe than just the sound. Now it's also light, and maybe it even hits you in the body if they have like a strong bass. Yeah. All of this takes you out of what normal life was two hours before you got there, and that's what people are paying to come back to every week. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite things specifically done at Stoney's for Four on the Floor. Like mm. That dance becomes so more enjoyable at this particular venue because of just that little extra something. I mean, I like the dance regardless of where I'm at, but mm. like I really enjoy it at Stoney's. Right. And it's because they added that just that little extra touch. Yep. So it's. I think it would be a great idea to integrate more of that. 
and it doesn't necessarily have to be every single dance because almost at that point then it takes away right. from the specialness of it but it definitely needs to have more of a presence than just here's two dances we do this with yeah yeah and I even I have the note there for like regularly played dances it makes it feel like some of these it, it almost gives you a sense that they've invested so much into that dance experience that it's not it's not just a place where every dance turns over and if you come back in six months it'll all be different you know that there are some things that are fixtures and you can feel even more safety in learning one of those dances because if you're new you're not sure which ones you should dance like they all look pretty much the same and if you don't know what's going to feel fun then how do you prioritize but if you see everybody doing I don't know whatever thing happens during the the flashy lights part you think I want to do that too right like that looks so cool I want to be part of that music video and and then you choose that experience versus going to another place where they don't give you that experience and the, di- the dance looks lackluster and you have no idea what differentiates it from one that they won't teach and won't do ever again a month later. Mm-hmm. I agree. Number 14. What I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar, a quiet, well-lit, temperature-controlled space is set aside for patrons to take a break. Quiet because the dance floor can get crazy. Well lit, because sometimes you need to orient yourself after everything is a little too unreality. You don't want to leave yet. You don't want to go outside and and not be able to get back in, but you do want to see your ID cards, your phone, whatever else is in your purse or whatnot. Uh, You just want to get a little bit back to reality. Temperature controlled, so cold or hot, like it it gets you back to 72-ish. It's set aside for patrons to take a break. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. What are your thoughts on this? Pretty much. I mean, I know we had uh, mentioned something. I don't remember where we were, what we were talking about specifically, but I had mentioned how, like, I always like the idea of having an area inside and outside, depending on, like, if it's raining. Mm. Uh, but, like, having outside also have, like, a fire pit. Oh, yeah. Or one of the heat lamps or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer the fire pit because I'm more that kind of girl. Mm-hmm. But... You know, just having that where it may be cold outside, but here's here's warmth, but also not like because you're hot, here's warmth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that temperature control definitely helps mm-hmm. and is key. And it's kind of tricky with dancers because obviously, when you're on the dance floor for several dances in a row, you're going to get overheated. Yep. But. If you're not, if you're sitting out for three or four dances, then you're almost like too cold. Yep. So it can be tricky. But if you have an indoor and outdoor area in which you can relax, mm-hmm. I think that that would definitely add value mm-hmm. to the establishment. Um, and as much as I don't like it, uh, it is kind of important to have a spot for smokers. I would love it if it was completely separate from just here's outside and this is where you're allowed to go. Mm-hmm. Because I am not a smoker. Same. So I wouldn't want to go outside if everybody's outside smoking. Yep. And, you know, I was like, that's, that's my only area to go. And then it may 
times like that when getting super hot at Stoney's, I've wanted to step outside and you know, just take a couple breaths of really densely packed smokers and I just turn right back around inside and I have the same problem where like now I'm stuck I can't go to either place yeah and then again with the quiet thing I can't go into the bar area because karaoke is going on and it's very loud it is very loud in there yes um and it's funny because like when you've had a few drinks and I I know this from karaoke experience uh when when you've had a few drinks maybe it seems like everything's quieter so you want to turn like if you're uh you know I don't know, in your house or at a party, it seems like you need to crank up the volume on the stereo because everything gets quieter when when you've had a couple drinks. So that, I, I like, if you're in the thick of karaoke, you're having a great time, you've already bought, like, five shots, and you're just going wild, like, that level of volume is totally normal for you. That's, like, adjusted along to, with where you are. Yeah. As a dancer who's drinking water all night, it's a little loud, just for me. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I definitely have made comment with uh, Celine walking in there before saying, I really wish the entrance wasn't through the karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's really awesome that Stoney's also caters to karaoke like that. Like, I think that's, that's extremely important that they have this extra little something that they offer. Yep. Um, As for it being karaoke, that's, you know, take it or leave it for me. Right. But... I wish that maybe necessarily I didn't have to be subjected to it. Right. It could be a choice on yes. my part. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe something to consider mm-hmm. <laughs> when setting up the inside design of mm-hmm. your particular establishment. Also, having something like that that's very neutral as opposed to it comes all at, at you all at once, it can be a good sort of last chance area for people who need to cool down if they're having one of those nights without them getting kicked out. Yeah. Because they need to be brought out of the colored lights, out of the neon, everything that's riling them up, out of the noise, and just give them a moment in something that would be like the equivalent of a parlor in a house where you got a couple cushioned seats, you got normal lighting, you can take some breaths, call your family, it's quiet enough so you don't have to go outside because, yeah, it might be raining... And you can't you can't call when it's too loud to hear anything, um, but you don't want to go outside and like be subjected to the elements. Like you just need a place to reset, and then when you feel ready, go back in, enjoy the rest of your night. You don't want one little stumbling point ruin the rest of your night so that you can't get back in. Agreed. Yep. All right, number fifteen. What I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar. Free, convenient access to promotional materials. Examples given a small bundle of flyers, sticker, or coupons. And some products I know will do this where, like I know Apple does this. Sometimes it's just a couple stickers. Just a couple stickers that have a picture of an apple on them. Uh, I think the um, 360 Fly might have done this. The GoPro that I bought at Costco. Just a couple stickers, real basic cost them probably like half a nickel and that little something extra that has the brand on there um, or you know having flyers that a street team can assemble without you having to pay them or tell them you are employees of us there's all this pressure and responsibility on you to like make or break our bar 
No, it's just people who are really enthusiastic and really want to spread the name of who you are to their friends and strangers. They can pick up some flyers, put them up at Starbucks. And if you don't do at least even that much, they're not going to go unless they're... I'm trying to get away from saying crazy. Unless they're really passionate, they're not going to go home and print out their own, cough, cough, me, uh, and then find their own places to put them up and all that other stuff. Like, for just the average guy on the street, all it might take is them on their way out and they say, hey, I hope you had a good time. Uh, you know, take a couple of these, you know, show them to your friends and uh, maybe we'll see you next time. Like, yeah. They, for them, that maybe they are not the person who would ever come back, but if they have those flyers and their roommate is crazy about line dancing and doesn't know that your place exists, they might see those two flyers on the kitchen table when their roommate gets back and now you have a loyal customer for life. But they never would have known about that if they didn't see the flyer and if the person hadn't casually been able to grab them on their way out. You want to make it as easy for them as possible to tell other people about your place. Or even just as simple as like business cards available. Which oh, yeah. can be expensive, obviously, depending on how much you put into it. Mm. But where, you know, you can have a website on it. You can have just something small to put in your in your purse or your wallet or something. Um, I know I actually found out that um, somebody has a niece. I'll leave this as anonymous as possible. Who collects coasters. Huh. And so everywhere she goes, she grabs a coaster. So even if you have something like that with your name and, like, you know, your website and phone number on it, mm. I mean, how easy would it be to just throw coasters somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and now that you mention it, there are people who collect, like, refrigerator magnets. Anything that has a large collection uh, fan base, I, I don't want to call it fandom, but, like, there are people who collect certain things above other things. Like matchbooks, there are people who are really big on matchbooks. Yeah. Like, make it easy for them as well. You know, add to their collections. Because sometimes it's it'll be like a subtle thing where they don't know what to do that night. They are on the fence about everything. Any slight breeze could push them to one or the other, and it might be your matchbook or sticker or business card that they find in their purse because you told them take five, and yeah, you know they have them everywhere now. Maybe that's all it takes for them to go. And, of course, with line dance, every time you go builds on the time before it so that you're now deeper invested in it and you're probably going to go next time uh, with a greater fervor and enthusiasm than if you had only been there, like, half of one time. Right. Or if you want to be a real overachiever, mm-hmm. the, like, engraved pens. Oh, yes. Or whatever. I mean, I can't tell you how many pens I will pick up randomly and just read them and figure out like where is this one from what's mm-hmm. this one say and like I will have them in my purse for gosh knows how long and then someone will be like hey do you have a pen I'll be like yeah here go ahead and take it and then I'll like totally forget to get it back so like that pen has circulated mm-hmm. and now you know because someone's dental practice or whatever was on it at one point yeah. you know it's now being promoted somewhere else so yeah. And if it was your line dance venue. And people like that feeling, like, let's say they're filling out their, uh, the receipt for their tab at the end of the night, and they're using 
one of the branded pens for the establishment. They're about to give it back to you, and um, I'll keep you it. Say, exactly, they love that feeling. So, not only did they they have a good night out, clearly they, they spent money on the drinks that they got, but beyond the drinks, like they're getting something extra. Mm-hmm. That feeling of something extra it doesn't have to cost very much, but like it makes so much more impact on them than you know whatever amount of sense it would have cost for the pen. Yeah. You know? Like if you if you just put fifteen cents in the customer's pocket and said, "Please come back," what? <laughs> that makes no sense. But like if you give them a pen that's worth that much and you make them feel special and that you know you want to be generous to them, they'll want to be generous back and they'll want to return as soon as they can. Yeah. Maybe get another pen, <laughs> especially if they're multiple colors. You know, then they can collect things within that own that that establishment itself. <laughs> All right, we are. Approaching, approaching our destination, but not quite there yet. And we have one more for this leg of our our readings here. Number sixteen. What I love about Ideal Line Dance Bar: themed events that celebrate special occasions. Examples: holidays, upcoming concerts, and seasons. Just the general season. If you're not a holiday person, Stoney's is actually doing this tonight. They have a holiday party for it being Friday in the holiday season. They have a a turkey dinner that they were promoting earlier this evening between 7 and 9. Mavericks used to do this a lot. Tradewinds even occasionally I think uh, does does things like that with like traffic light parties red, yellow, They've They've been doing a lot more involvement for themed nights Mm -hmm. at Tradewinds. And it makes you more well two things I, I find that it does kind of like the themed events um, when you go to these circuit workshops it makes you invest more you're putting more money into an outfit that's appropriate for the event Mm -hmm. and when you put in more you make more of an effort to get the most out of it because you don't want to waste a good outfit that you spent time on by just going for five minutes and leaving yeah so you're going to stick it out because you made it an intentional effort to be here for this particular event. Also, it just helps you create memories better yes. um, by giving you different things to look at than the usual night. Oh, yeah. You can remember when you met somebody or when you first were exposed to this particular dance. I remember, I mean, when, when I look at the red tank top I have, the red sweatproof tank top I have, um, that I got the same night that Keith got his green shirt. I think it was the, the night he got that green shirt. It was because we were going to a holiday event at Mavericks. We were getting red and green shirts. So now it's not just a red shirt, and I guess it matches my other red stuff. Cool. It's like, no, this is what I wore for the holiday event at Mavericks that one year when we dressed up for it. Yeah. Well, I know for me, I always love doing Halloween themes. Yep. I always have fun with those nights when you do dancing like that. Mm. So it would make more sense that I would enjoy regularly done themes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in Vegas, that was like one of the things I was actually really, really excited about was all the different themed nights oh, yeah. and how to make that work. And I remember certain things like when I'm looking back at the videos and I'm looking through the videos going, oh wait, no, no, that happened on Vegas night. I need to look for that outfit in the thumbnail. Right. Um, and it's almost like a cheat, but because I remember that specific thing happened while I was wearing that outfit mm-hmm. or the Roaring Twenties. That was another night where I was like, no, no, that was the night that Emily came out in 
the T-Rex the first time mm -hmm. was Roaring Twenties. Yeah, because so, everyone had their flapper dress on. Exactly. So like, because of those nights, I remember certain events very specifically in a more complete way than just, oh yeah, one night Emily wore the T-Rex costume. Mm -hmm. like, no, that was Roaring Twenties. That was that night. Mm -hmm. And as well as, you know, just certain dance or like when I met somebody, when I first spoke with someone, it's because of whatever outfit we were both wearing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just simply an outfit. But it's so much more at the same time. Oh, since you mentioned that, um, one of the things that can bring people back to a place, in addition to the place itself, is the people that they can expect to see there. And they will be more invested in a place when they know more people there. How do they get to know them? Starting conversations. What starts conversations? Hey, I like that thing you're wearing. Yeah. And if they're just wearing whatever, then you know you just really have to hope you like their local sports team or whatever thing. I like that color on you. I like that cut. Like those are, I don't know, whatever. The, uh, those can be awkward to bring up. Um, whereas if it's something you're super enthusiastic about, like that is an awesome Death Eater cloak that you're wearing. <laughs> Where can I get one like that? Or, um, you know, your Harry Potter is spot on. I love your glasses and, and the scar. Like, yeah. You want to talk to people, and if you're both wearing a similar themed thing, then there is some assumption you can make there that you're both at least that much invested into it so that they would both, you would both be willing to talk about it. Especially when it's something, like, I mean, with a theme, everyone's wearing that themed thing. Uh, but when it's like a uh, choose your own thing, like an anything but clothes party or a Halloween sort of thing, then you know that they chose it, they're enthusiastic about it, yeah. and they would be willing to talk about it. So now you have potentially a new friend and somebody you can see the next time you go there. Somebody well, to look forward to. Yeah, and you say that, and the first thing I come up with is the first conversation I had with Amy Glass mm. was commenting on her outfit and what she had chose to wear. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, it makes things more interesting it makes them fun and you know it, it's an easy way to start a conversation mm -hmm. and here we are having just pulled up the curb in front of Stoney's Rock and Rodeo we will be back to conclude this list later of 24 currently 24 items uh, that make up an ideal line dance bar yeah I'll talk to you later <laughs>